Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 23-year breast cancer survivor, a certified life coach, and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer. It's getting close. It is. I'm so so proud of you. That's awesome. Yeah. And my name is Becky Olson. I'm a three-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a professional speaker and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends. But before we get started with our guests, I wanted to share a little inspirational message. I hope it helps you the same way it's helped me. And because it ties in with our guest's message today, which is about really alleviating worry and anxiety. And you know, I, Sharon knows, because I've known her for many years, I've been a worrier <laughs> my entire life. You know, when my kids were little, and I have five kids, I got to take turns worrying about whether they were going to fall off their bikes or fall out of the little tree they were climbing out in the front oh. yard. You know, it was crazy. And none of those things ever happened. And now that they're adults, I worry about them, you know, out driving or now they don't climb trees, they climb rocks. And I, <laughs> I worry that they're going to yeah, fall Micah off the rocks. I know. <laughs> Or, you know, and Mike also rides a motorcycle, so I worry all the time oh, that he yeah. crashes motorcycle. You know, and, and it's funny because now as a cancer survivor, I worry about every little ache and pain, which is very, very common. So really, truly, not a lot has changed, but one thing has really helped. A few years ago, Sharon knows this story, I was having a floor installed in my house, and I said to my sales rep, whose name was John Schwab, I asked him, so what happens if you tear up the floor and you find this problem or that problem? I don't even remember what the problems were now. And he looked me straight in the face and he said, Becky, let's not put demons where none exist. And I think for a very first time, I was kind of speechless, you know. Honestly, I had just heard words that were going to change my life, and I knew that, you know, because being a worrier doesn't really help much at all. Well, you know, I'm still a worrier. There's no doubt about that. But when it gets serious, I say that phrase like a mantra, don't put demons where none exist. And it's helped me so many times. And by seeing it that way, I'm able to relax and stop worrying until I actually have something to worry about. And by the way, there was nothing wrong with the floor. My kids <laughs> did not crash their motorcycles or their cars, and nobody has fallen off of a rock while, while mountain climbing. Worry is is just that. It's worry, and it's completely pointless. But we all do it. And hopefully we today we can yeah. learn some new uh, tips and techniques to avoid it as well. And with that, Sharon, would you please introduce our guest? I would be happy to. Our guest today is Peg Doyle. Peg is a nationally certified health coach and educator. She's passionate about the powerful link between food and health. And boy, oh boy, there is a definite link. She understands the power of the body how it heals itself, and um, is delighted to share what she has learned through her studies and and her experience. Um, She's a speaker and an author of Food Becomes You, Simple Steps for Lifelong Wellness. So welcome, Peg. Well, thank you, Sharon and Becky. It's It's a delight to be here with you today. 
Well, we're excited to have you. So yeah. why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? Before, before you do, real quick, Peg, I just want to say I love, love, love the title of your book. Oh, it's it a, is good. It's yeah. a real, real creative play on words, and I, I always like that, too. So <laughs> food becomes you. I do do like that. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but oh, I just thought okay. that was worth mentioning. Yeah, <laughs> no, so just kind of tell us, a, tell us a little bit about you. Sure. Um, and as far as the food becomes you title, it uh, it is one of those phrases that you can say in several different ways. Mm-hmm. Food becomes you or food becomes you. Yeah, <laughs> so there are uh, different ways of really thinking about what that is saying to you. And that's why I, I came up with that title to really get it's you thinking about tough. it. Yeah, but about tough. me, I... Um, I am someone who has lived on the East Coast all of my life and and was very lucky 19 years ago to find work that I love. Uh, and that is the work I'm doing today in health coaching and speaking and writing about the powerful link uh, that we have with our food, with our environment for keeping us healthy and well and the, when we when we recognize that and make use of it and embrace it and practice it, amazing things can happen for all of us. So I love getting that word out and um, really sharing what I've learned and in many cases learned from the people I have coached uh, in what can be life-changing for the better. So I'm, I'm really uh, feeling very blessed that I have this work to do. That's, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So, so tell us exactly what a health coach is for our listeners. Okay, a health coach is... Uh, just like any other coach, it's somebody who uh, helps to identify uh, the present situation and identify goals that a person may have, identify obstacles they may have to achieving their goals, and giving a gentle nudge. I always say uh, where my field is really about nutrition and life balance that I am not about deprivation at all. I'm mm-hmm. about really looking at how you're living, what's getting in the way of your living your best life and how to gradually in a step-by-step process eliminate the obstacles and keep building in more positive experiences. Mm-hmm. So that's how I perceive my work as a health coach. It's really eliminating the obstacles and bringing in and building on the positives uh, so that Good. we can feel better. Great. And and how did you actually get into this field? That seems, um, especially 20 years ago almost, um, that was probably a little bit, you know, new to the coaching field, right? Yeah, because yeah, I know I've been a life coach, a certified life coach for almost 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. So you were way ahead of me as far as, you know, getting onto that program. So I'm excited to hear how you got involved in it so long ago. Well, it was a long time ago now that I think about it. And uh, what 
What happened was initially my training was in education. So I always loved sharing things that I learned with other people. And for a period of my career, I was involved in information technology. And uh, it was right when technology really started to blossom with email and you know, uh, network connections and all of those things. And I happened to be working at Harvard Medical School in Boston. And I had all my life thought that I was interested in medicine, so I was thrilled to be in that environment. And what I found in the 10 years that I worked there, that I really wasn't that interested in medicine, though I have great respect for it. What I was really interested in was the process of healing. Mm-hmm. So I began my studies around healing through, uh, through the concepts of traditional Chinese medicine. All of that is really linked to managing your stress and also the quality of nourishment that, that you absorb. So um, that was the beginning of it. And then I moved into more formalized studies on nutrition and, you know, nutrition doesn't operate in a vacuum. It's part of how we live our everyday life. Um, So if we're not making time to go shopping and prepare our foods. Even if we have an intention of eating well, it's very hard to make that happen. So as a coach, I really look at putting the whole package together, not Mm -hmm. just thinking, oh, yes, this is a good quality food, but wait a minute, have I gotten to the grocery store to buy this or to the farmer's market or have I grown it in my garden so that I have really good fresh food to prepare and eat? Uh, so mm-hmm. it's really the whole picture of how it all happens. So that's how I got into the field and it just, I love it. <laughs> I'm really good. happy to be here. I can isn't hear that, it. I can hear it, your yeah. enthusiasm and passion around it, you know. Isn't it great when you can do something that you, you know, are so passionate about? That's amazing. That's great. You know, we don't have really room to grow a garden here at our home, but I did buy a basil plant and it's on my windowsill. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a start, right? We had an Italian party (laughs) yesterday and I used fresh basil on the ingredients. Oh, (laughs) and doesn't that smell so wonderful? It so does. And when I walk in my kitchen, it just, my husband and I just got back from a a one month long trip in Italy. And when I walk in my (gasps) kitchen now, it smells like Italy. I love it. Oh, how wonderful. (laughs) To have a garden and be able to grow all your own food, that's that's pretty pretty incredible. Good for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you a little bit. We'll kind of switch gears here for just a moment. You know, I know that you've told us now how you started, which is really wonderful how you made that transition from, you know, being first in education and then into technology. And boy, I remember when technology was first happening. I mean, people were quitting jobs because they were suddenly forced to use computers. So that was a that was a big change. And young kids today are were, you know, they grow up with it. So they don't they don't understand the impact that that had. And you were right there in it. And that's that's pretty amazing. And then you went into you know, learning about healing and where your heart and your passion really was. And that's wonderful. Let's switch gears for just a moment and talk now about how that work relates to cancer patients and the work that you do within the cancer community. And I know you do body work and you 
do nutrition support. So let's talk about the body work first. What is what does that look like? Okay, well, that all started through my studies in traditional Chinese medicine. So there are two forms of body work that I offer. One is called shiatsu. It's a form of acupressure, and it works very much like acupuncture in that it um, provides uh, movement of the pathways of the energy that run through the body. And up until probably 20 years ago, uh, it was a very foreign concept in Western medicine, uh, but now with different ways of scientifically measuring shifts that occur from uh, the uh, pressure applied to the electrical field inside the body, even Western medicine is recognizing it as a very valid, uh, very valid tool for uh, improving energy and health. Um, what I especially like about body work, oh, and the other uh, practice that I do is called Reiki, and that is an mm-hmm. ancient um, hands-on, very gentle type of energy medicine uh, that also has roots in the, in the East. But what I, um, what I really like about this work with uh, people who have had cancer is that what I've observed and what they've shared with me is that uh, they go through a period of uh, really disconnecting from their body because Mm -hmm. of the fear around cancer. And Mm -hmm. so with body work, my intention is really to help people reconnect with their body, to embrace their body, to love their body, and to learn how to use that sense of flow of energy within the body as a tool for stimulating positive energy and a a tool also for releasing unwanted cells. So it's part of it is a visualization technique, but it's mm-hmm. mostly um, really connecting with the body again and embracing it and appreciating it and not being afraid of it. Yeah, and when when your body when when you are diagnosed with cancer, I mean, a lot of people feel like their body has betrayed them. So I can see that we would automatically disconnect from that those emotions. Because they're so painful. Yes, they they certainly are. The other piece of it, too, is very often when someone has a diagnosis, they're going through all sorts of medical tests. Um, Many people are uh, touching their bodies, talking in clinical terms, and so there's a natural uh, tendency to disconnect from oneself because of all those other dynamics that are going Mm. on. I hadn't Uh, thought of that, but yeah, yeah. that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you talked about visualization a moment ago, I know Sharon and I both kind of had our our experiences with that when we're sitting in the chemo chair. And for me, you know, I I kind of believed in visualization for many years. I've used it, you know, many times and in different ways. But one of the things that I did sitting in the chemo chair and going to chemo was very frightening for me. I didn't know what it was, what to expect. I just knew what I'd seen on the movies, you know, where people would have chemo and then become violently ill for, for days afterwards. And one of the things that, 
that I did sitting in the chair is I closed my eyes and when she was putting the chemo in, I really tried to tune into my body as much as I could and I pictured those little tiny green army soldier guys, you know, the ones that you give kids to play with and they build their little mm-hmm. castles and stuff. And I pictured those little tiny army soldiers but much, much smaller going through my bloodstream with their machine guns out and they were on a search and destroy mission looking for cancer cells. And that's what I imagined was happening at that moment. And I I don't know, but I I really, I do believe in the power of visualization. I do believe that that maybe by seeing that in my mind and in my head, it was something that that really helped me to kind of get rid of those things. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Is, (laughs) Is that, is that kind of part of what you're talking about? It certainly is, and what you're describing is uh, a, a, an ideal uh, way of working for you. So, so what I always um, ask people is, what is it that feels right for you? So you, uh, you got these army guys to do your work for you. Other yeah. <laughs> people um, create visualizations that are more around water, like water is um, flowing through their body and taking mm-hmm. the cancer cells away, creating yeah. like a, a stream of healing. So mm-hmm. it's what whatever approach makes the most sense to you yeah. is the one that you should yeah. be using. Um, well, my dad was in the military. He retired as, a, uh-huh. as an army colonel. That might be where that came from. I'm not I sure, see. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. I just, and I just yeah. now thought of that when you said that as kind of whatever it is. Sharon's vision was um, Pac-Man. Yeah, because I had kids who were playing Pac-Man, right, at that time, you know, because I'm 23 years out. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I know we're going to go out to break in a minute or two. Actually, we have a couple probably, but why don't we just get started on the conversation of nutrition support, and then when we get through, and Aaron's going to give us our 30-second warning. So anyway, why don't we start down with nutrition support and talk with to us about that and how it relates to cancer, and then when we come back on the other side of the break, maybe you can share with us some really awesome foods that work well for that. I, I sure would be happy to. Um, so nutrition is, as I mentioned in my studies of traditional Chinese medicine, that's one of the two ways that we replenish our energy throughout our lives. So if you think about a high-quality food sitting on the table beside, let's say, a Twinkie, um, which one of those would you guess would provide your cells in your body with with a better chance of being healthy and well? Obviously, the good quality food would. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very powerful tool for recovery uh, mm-hmm. and prevention going forward because uh, it's, it becomes our cells. Our food literally becomes our cells. So what do you want those cells to look like is always my question. Um, Great. Well, you know what? We're going to take a break and we'll come right back and we'll continue with this conversation because I know a lot of our listeners are very tuned into this um, issue and we have a lot of, of people downloading our episodes on nutrition. So this will be really good information. So stay with us. We'll be back in a minute.
fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our women's cancer program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a car that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. We've been talking about managing anxiety with our guest, Peg Doyle. So before the break, we were talking about that nutritional um, support that you were talking about. And I love your example about putting a healthy food next to a Twinkie. And, you know, (laughs) especially a fried Twinkie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so let's carry on there. What what else do you want to tell us about nutritional support? Okay, and I I don't mean to be mean to Twinkies, but <laughs> I think everybody can relate to uh, the nutritional lack of value there. Um, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so in working with people who have cancer, uh, what I have found is uh, a, a special need is this sense of getting control over their life again, like what can I do so that that condition won't ever come back to me? And food is such a powerful tool. And an example I'll give is a woman, Mary, who came to me after having endometrial cancer. And she said, I know I don't eat well. I want to figure out what I should be doing. So, um, We worked on getting simple whole foods, and that's always the way I put it. It's it's not particular uh, particular brands. It's simple whole food that you can hold in your hand, like an apple, like a 
um, bun- a bunch of spinach or um, a sweet potato. It's simple whole foods. And with Mary, she had been eating a lot of processed foods on the fly. What happened after a very short while is she came to me and said, you know, I thought that bloating and gas were a part of life, that it was just because mm-hmm. I was in my fifties. <laughs> and yeah. she said, I don't I don't have that anymore. What is going on? So there it was, because she had made the shift to simple whole foods, she wasn't getting reactions in her body from all the additives and preservatives and other things that that come in packaged foods that she had been eating prior mm-hmm. to our work together. So it it made digestion better when digestion works better. We have many, many immune receptors in our digestive system. They're going to function better. So having good quality food changes everything in your body, including your ability to stay well and prevent future recurrences. So I think Mary was a great example of how that happens. Absolutely. You know, we had a, we had a guest one on one of our episodes. His name is Ken Weiser. He's a naturopathic physician here in Portland, and I loved one of the things he said. And it sounds kind of like what you're saying here when you talk about what is real food. And he said, "Real food doesn't need a label. <laughs> you don't need <laughs> exactly. to read the labels. It doesn't to see. have a label. Yeah, yeah, because a real food right. doesn't have a label, and you don't need to read labels to know what to eat. If it has a label, it's probably not real food." And I just thought that was like such a simple way. You know, we've kind of all heard throughout our lives, just shop the perimeter of the grocery store if you want real food. But that's that's another way to look at it is, you know, it doesn't have labels. Do you, have, do you, do you agree with yeah. that or? Yeah. I, I yeah. totally agree with it. And it's it's something that doesn't come in a package. It's, it's right. right there and you can hold it in your hand uh, just as if you took it out of your own garden. Yeah. Well, you know, when people um, hear those words, you're finished with chemo, yay, you know, and you're ready to, or radiation or any of the treatments that that we go through for um, a cancer, and um, that doctor says, I'll see you in three months, and then that anxiety just like really takes over, I can imagine like holding on to some of these tips, whether they're these nutritional support tips that you're giving and also the guided meditation kind of things would really make a difference in someone going through that stage, especially. Why don't we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I want to hear about guided meditation because I know you've done some work with that. And I actually listened to one of your, uh, one of your recordings today on, on sound, is it SoundCloud? where that yes, would be yeah so why don't you speak to that a little bit because I, I think that that's really fascinating and I think it would be very helpful to people to to learn about that mm-hmm. guided meditation is a technique where you listen to a particular story that is filled with images that really uh, evoke um, feelings, uh, visions, smells, sounds, so you're really tapping into all of your senses. It's mm-hmm. it's a very different technique from silent meditation, which uh, many people 
shy away from because of busy minds. Um, and so it really gives you something to listen to. And the guided meditations that I've developed for uh, my Beyond Cancer uh, recording uh, address a couple of specific areas that I learned from people who had been through cancer treatment were particular sticking points, and they mm-hmm. are follow-up appointments for um, with their oncologist and yeah. uh, follow-up screenings. And what I learned from that is the way uh, these women described it is it those experiences were almost reliving that first moment when they got mm-hmm. their diagnosis. All of the mm-hmm. physical uh, sensations come up in their bodies. They have a lot of anxiety. The anticipation of walking in that door is almost overwhelming for some people. So a tool like guided meditation is designed to help them quiet those fears and really um, really feel that they're doing this by choice. And I have a couple of the statements, if you'd like me to read them, that I have included in the recording. Um, sure. Yeah, go for it. Um, okay. Uh, I ask my doctor the questions that are important to me, knowing I have a right to know about my health. I am a vital part of my medical team and actively participate in the healing process. I know that my positive thinking helps to calm my body, creating space for healing. So thoughts like that, all very mm-hmm. empowering um, they are. to yeah. overcome those, those feelings. And the feelings are real. Um, you know, they're, they're based on experiences that you've had that have been very fearful. So those, those feelings that come up are, are not surprising, but they can surprise you when yeah. you're not yeah. prepared or don't have any tools to work through them. You know, I'm really happy to hear you talk about affirmations and and describing. So you're you're actually when when you do a positive affirmation, and this is something that Sharon teaches in her Thriving Beyond Cancer workshops that she does. You know, the affirmation is not I want to be able to ask my doctor. It's that I I will. I have the right. I mean, it's just it's almost like even if you haven't done it yet, it's. It's yes. that positive statement, you know, kind of like what's the old saying, fake it till you make it. So pretend like yeah. you're already doing this. And if you right. pretend it long enough, pretty soon it becomes part of, of who you are and your life. And Part of your habits. And yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes perfect really sense. Now, the one I listened to was on SoundCloud. Is that something, do people download an app for, to hear your, if they want to hear those, the guided imaging and the, and the positive affirmations, is this something they download, or how do they get that? They could go into SoundCloud and uh, okay. put my name in as, as okay. a, uh, as a, on the search button to listen okay. to that particular one. If okay. they were interested in uh, purchasing the recording, they could go to my website, uh, wellnessandyou.com, and okay. I have um, a product page and... Okay. They could go there to um, access it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so, wonderful. 
Yeah, that is great because those are those are huge tools. So, so what other tips or tools would you suggest um, to help others, you know, overcome anxiety at at the moment they're, you know, feeling it worse? Like whether it's right when their doctors release them or that fear of going to another appointment. What what other things would you suggest? Well, um, to go back to the uh, affirmations and guided imagery, one of the most important pieces of that is the repetition. So whether it is Mm. my recording or some other tool uh, that is a recording that resonates for someone, it's Mm -hmm. the repetition because our, our worried thoughts are very repetitive, aren't they? They keep oh, coming boy. back. <laughs> yeah. Yes, over you're asking the right person that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. So you want the opposite to happen. You want the um, empowering and calming and uh, confidence-building thoughts to keep coming back over and over. And we need help with that because our our DNA is really linked to being alert for danger. And Becky, you you describe yourself as a warrior. That makes your job even more challenging to not worry. If if, if you're innately a warrior, you need mm-hmm. to do even more work to get over the worry. So having mm-hmm. something that you do over and over again can be mm-hmm. very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the phrase that I learned from that fellow, don't put demons where none exactly. exist. And yeah, I mean, that has that's been a powerful perfect. tool for me. And I, and I do have to say it sometimes many times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sharon knows. Sharon's known me yes. for years. Yes. Well, and, and the thing is about worry, it's, it's a habit just like so many other things that we do. You know, it's just kind of our default. And so if we're going to change our, our normal behavior, you have to do something different. And using these guided meditations and, you know, talking to yourself, that self talk that that sometimes can be very negative or very anxiety provoking um, we have to change it and so yeah. that makes sense that these tools would work so so nicely yeah and you know going back yeah. to that moment of truth you know when that doc when the doctor does release you from active treatment and that doesn't mean you're not going to see them again but what it but what it can mean is that I'm not going to see you for a few months. And people do panic at that moment. And it happens, we hear it all the time. I think Sharon and I both experienced our different degrees of it, but we had that same, you know, sensation. And so, and I know we talked kind of briefly about this, but do you have anything else you can add to that moment? Is there something, you know, you go home, people expect you to be rejoicing. I've even been to clinics where they celebrate by putting a crown on your head and lots Bells. of clapping and cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. exciting right then, but then you go home. And now the mm-hmm. reality of all this is settling back in again. And the, your family thinks you're back to normal. Everybody thinks because you're done, you're back to normal. But there's this panic that sets in. And I know that you're very experienced with that, as, as are we. But we'd like to hear your perspective on that. Why do you think that panic happens? And, and some of these tips that you have, how can, they, how can they overcome that, do you think? I think the panic happens because it's... Uh, the feelings that come up on discharge are very often not anticipated because 
the person who's been going through the treatment is going through that same process as what you described their family Mm -hmm. and friends are going through. Like, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is get to the finish line and then Mm -hmm. you're all done. And you realize as the person who has cancer that this is only the beginning. This is... So what do I do with this beginning? Am I okay? What does that pain in my back mean? Is it coming back? Um, All of those things. And I think to recognize that that's normal to have those kinds of feelings can be very reassuring. And Mm -hmm. also to have that conversation with your family so that they want to be in denial that anything will ever happen again. <laughs> true. So they don't true. want to go there, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, true, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so to have you know, one that of the, conversation with them. Yeah. You know, one of the things that one of our workshops that we do or retreats is called Thriving Beyond Cancer. And I know that's that's a big issue that comes up pretty regularly. And we have that conversation with a lot of patients who call our office because they're, they're at that place and they're scared. And, you know, and so that, that is another thing that you can do if you have a, if you have a patient or if any of our listeners are out there, you're always welcome to call our 800 number and, you know, give us a call and we can talk with you, you know, by phone and kind of help ease your way through some of that too. And, you know, that, I think that's, that's important to kind of keep in mind. And if you don't know our number, you know, I can never remember our number off the top of my head but if you go to breastfriends.org it's all on there we are actually going to go out to break and when we come back we'll pick up this conversation and so stay tuned we'll be back in a minute Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We've been talking about managing anxiety. And I know a lot of us go through that, whether you're just getting done with your treatment or you're right in the middle of it. So our guest is Peg Doyle, and we're so happy to have you. So um, let me just ask, what are the greatest challenges you face in doing this kind of work? Well, one challenge is that there still today exists a a divide between conventional medicine and what I call complementary medicine. And Mm -hmm. I think it's education uh, that needs to be done still on informing women that when they make use of complementary therapies like traditional Chinese medicine, uh, acupuncture, nutrition counseling, things like that, that they're not abandoning Western care, they're right. complementing it. And so that seems to be uh, the, the greatest challenge. And once people understand that it isn't an either-or situation, mm-hmm. then they can get the best of both worlds. No, that that, that's, that's really good. You know, my oncologist that has gotten me through you know, as you know, I'm a three-time survivor, and he got me through my last two. I had a different doctor the first time, but he is all, he's an oncologist. He's also a Reiki specialist, and Perfect. he's never performed Reiki on me, but they have Reiki people who come into their clinic, and, and they allow them to do Reiki on the patients if they ask for it, which is really nice that he's kind of made that that integrative approach, you know, to medicine. And I, I think I, I think you're right. It's People used to think it was an either or, you either had to do this or you had to do that. And it isn't that way. And it they do work very well together. And I'm just glad to see so much more focus going that, that direction. And, yeah. uh, and getting people educated in that is, is probably hard. So how can we educate people in that to get them thinking that direction? I think uh, by doing exactly what you're doing, having this kind of a platform for people to have conversations and ask questions, uh, I, I think is very, very helpful. So today, looking at guided meditation further and looking at nutrition, nutrition is such a powerful food for uh, mm-hmm. tool for healing that uh, is often overlooked, and it's something that each person can pursue on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's it's more complicated than uh, you know. I thought I was um, eating pretty well, and I had some sort of a test, and my omega three was way down. And so it's interesting because you know sometimes we think we're doing well, and we're not doing as well as we thought. So it is great to have a professional, to have somebody who can kind of work through these things with us and really allow us to um, have a better vision of where we really are and where we want to go in the future. Yes, and uh, 
I have so much respect for the digestive system in in <laughs> all that it does. Uh, it's uh, become known now as our second brain, and there's so much research going on on the Western side as well about the role of the microbiome in in the digestive system and how that stimulates our immune system and prevents disease, uh, prevents um, infection. We have, we actually produce a lot of our serotonin, which is our happy hormone, in our digestive tract, not in our brain. So wow. To ha- Who knew that? I didn't know that. Did you know that, Becky? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a new one. Learn something new all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you when you think about the difference of putting good quality food in that digestive tract versus day after day of junk food, it's an enormous advantage to eat well, to eat healthy. So I would encourage everybody to do that, especially anyone who's been touched by cancer. Mm-hmm. And that makes yeah, sense. That's good. That's so, good. You were talking about some of your challenges. So what are the greatest blessings in this work? I can imagine there's lots of those. Oh, there are many. And I I would have to say that the greatest one for me is when I see that light, light bulb go off or go on in somebody's head that, mm-hmm. wow, I really am okay. And when I do these sorts of things, the, take these actions, that I am doing things that can really make a difference in my health. So re- the relief from fear and anxiety is what really makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have that, that same sensation from time to time when we're talking with a patient or working with somebody and it happens, Sharon's really good at this one, a patient calls in the office and they're just really on that edge of kind of falling off, getting ready to go over the cliff sort of thing. And, yeah. you know, just being able to pull them down off the ceiling and have that that conversation with them. And then they end up laughing and you know, still crying because it's a very, you know, emotional time in their lives. But just to see them yeah. have that fear kind of just starts to go away. And, and it, but it's early on, so there's a lot of work to be done at that point. But, but it is very exciting to see somebody just kind of transition around like that. Yeah, Sharon, it's pretty are, empowering. <laughs> yeah, and, and you've had some great, some great stories around that, Sharon. And I don't know if we have time to get into any of the people that, you know, that you've seen this happen with. But some of these ladies that we've helped have gone on to become great, you know, volunteers and supporters. And, you know, so that's, that's been really good. It just, and then you see people take on new challenges in their own personal lives when they kind of thought things were over for them. It's it's just, it's just fun to, to see some of that. Absolutely. You know, being able to, you know, kind of put some of these fears and these anxious feelings kind of aside and and really understand they can they can um, own their own personal power and move forward. And I think that's that's really um, empowering for me as well as for them. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears one more time, if that's all right with you. And I want to hear more about your book. We have a few minutes left. So tell us first off about your book. Again, Food Becomes You. And, you know, I, I, can I share something kind of funny that I heard one time? Because, you know, they talk about you are what you eat, which is sort of part of this play on the, 
your book title, Food Becomes You. Well, I heard one time if you eat beef that you're actually a vegetarian because cows eat grass, which makes cows <laughs> vegetarian, or they mix them a vegetable. And so when you eat a cow, you're eating a vegetable, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking that's probably not true, but that's a stretch, honey. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we like stretches. It's all right. <laughs> that's a good one. Your book a what, is it a self-help book? Is it? What, tell us a little bit about what they can find when they go into it. Okay, I wrote the book from the perspective of uh, sitting around the kitchen table with whoever reads this book. So it's not. Lectury. It's not uh, full of scientific facts. It's storytelling about the power of food and how it changes your whole body for the better when you're eating well and how to make that happen. Because uh, one of my clients actually told me a few years ago that she had been to a cooking class out in Western Mass. There were 18 people in the class and four of them confessed that they did not know how to use a stove. They had never oh, cooked. Oh. So when you, when you take that into perspective as to where people are today, uh, any book that I think is going to make a change has to be simply written and not, mm-hmm. uh, not evoking a, a sense of, um, despair that this is too much for me. I can't do it. Because well, and, it's and so guilt and shame too. You don't want to invoke right. that as well. You know, not at <laughs> and, all. You know, peop- not and at people all. love stories. People love to hear stories. They love to relate to that. I know I do. I'd much rather read something that I'm, I'm learning through storytelling. And you know, I'm a speaker too. And that's what I do is I tell a lot of stories, and you make your points through the stories. And I guess maybe that's why this really intrigues me a lot and I would you know in fact I'm probably going to pick up a copy somehow and so thank you for sharing that with us and then let's talk about you being a speaker too to tell I know you have several topics that you talk about what's your favorite one my favorite one is uh to change your food and change your life it happened to me I used to be a big sweet eater Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought that my Eating sweets was only because I was allergic to fruit, and I couldn't eat fruit. I would get hives in my mouth. Well, it turned out. Oh, how unfortunate! (laughs) Well, it turned out it wasn't the fruit at all. It was the pesticides that were causing it. So once I figured that out and started eating organic um, Uh fruit, I didn't have hives anymore. So So how did you uh, figure it out? Could they do a test or something? Or did you just try organic uh, and it stopped happening? How did you do that? Somebody offered me an organic apple and I took a bite and it was fine. So it really changed my life. Yes. Wow. So up until that time, I had very uh, high and I... I talk about this in my book. I had elevated triglycerides and could mm-hmm. not figure out why. And then when I changed my food and started eating fruit on a regular basis, my interest in eating sweets really declined. And within six months, my triglycerides dropped over 200 points. Wow. So wow. That was a real wake-up for me, and that's when I became intrigued about nutrition and uh, really started looking at it. As far as 
prevention of cancer goes, there are foods that we should avoid as well as foods that we should be eating. And Mm -hmm. that's really important to look at as well. Um, So, uh, but what it really all comes down to, whether I'm speaking somewhere or working with an individual, it's, it's all about the simple whole foods, like your physician said, you know, Mm -hmm. no label on it. Um, Yeah, exactly. That, that's what we, we need. You have another topic that I'm interested in. We only have about a minute, but it's overcome the three o'clock slump. Oh, I'm glad you said that one. That was the one I was looking at, too. Yeah, I get that all the time, and it seems like the only thing that will satisfy it is chocolate, and then I feel worse after that. So talk to us about Mm -hmm. some other options for the three o'clock slump, because I know a lot of ladies out there have the same problem, and you can admit it or you can deny it, but it's (laughs) The three o'clock slump can come from not having enough protein and fat with your lunch. So if you're having a simple salad that's just vegetables and you don't have any hummus in it or any olive oil or any avocado, something that has a little fat in it, you're probably going to um, slump by three o'clock. So... um, that that's part of it, and if you're having chocolate, that won't really make you feel better for longer than ten minutes or so. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you search for more. Some, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Exactly. Have yeah. have some nuts, I, or have a little peanut butter, or hummus. Um, those are the kinds of foods that will perk you up and keep you uh, energized. Fabulous. I just bought a big old bag of almonds. And they're they're yep. Not the cooked kind. They're just you know raw almonds, and I love those. I just have to remember to take them with me to work. So that's really good information. Well, you know what? We are actually out of time, so we're gonna we're gonna have to say goodbye to you. But honestly, you know, Peg, this has been a wonderful interview. I hope that our listeners really enjoyed, and we'll try some of the things that you talked about uh, because I think that you've really you really have a lot of great information. How can people reach you? Do you have an, an email or a web address that you can give them really quickly? So if they want to buy your book or talk to you about speaking or hear about your guided imagery, whatever, how can they reach you? Sure. My website is wellnessandyou. That's A-N-D-Y-O-U dot com. And I can okay. be reached at peg at wellnessandyou.com. Okay, great. Well, that's wonderful. If you've been listening to our show and you like what you've been hearing, we really would love it if you'd go online and make a donation to Breast Friends. This is how we keep our show going, and we do this every single Friday. If you have people, friends in your life that need to hear this message, please direct them to our our archives on voiceamerica.com. You can actually get there through our website, breastfriends.org. So with that, we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope. And we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hannafin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time. 